This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. It's all good. It's all good, man. Speaking of which, have you been watching uh, Saul Goodman there? Better call Saul. I don't have AMC, it turns out, with my, we switch cable providers, and it's like astronomical to get the AMC in there. We have, we just finished season four because we had that on uh, as part of the Crave thing, I think, or whatever. Maybe it was on mm-hmm. Netflix. I don't remember. But no, I, I haven't haven't made it to five Oh, yet, it's but. so good. It's so good. Anyways, but this is not a podcast about Better Call Saul. It's about the Tesla Owners Online podcast. I want to welcome everybody for coming back. I know we didn't do a show last week because... You know, not much Tesla news, but uh, lo and behold, here we are a week later. We got lots to talk about. So I want to uh, welcome my usual guests. We got Eric Camacho and Ian Pavelko joining us. How are you guys doing? Hello, everybody. Uh, All sheltered in place and nice and cozy. And I I see that we've shaved this week. (laughs) Yes. Trying to look normal. Trying to look normal. (laughs) Restore some modicum of civility. Yeah. I see you shaved your head this week, too. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, all, all yeah. aerodynamic and no place to go. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. I actually had about three days worth of growth on my face today, and I just said, you know what? I think I'll shave. But um, anyways, enough about personal grooming. We're here for some Tesla news. Um, I think we'll start off tonight and just talk very quickly about uh, Tesla Q1 2020 numbers because they uh, they just announced their production delivery numbers. Again, they haven't done their um, their their quarterly uh uh, financial results call that hasn't been announced yet as far as the date as far as i can tell anyways did you guys check i haven't checked let me check real quick here just haven't said anything no they haven't they have not announced that date yet but i would suspect it's coming soon so regardless let's jump right in so tesla has produced almost 103,000 cars this quarter and delivered approximately 88,400 cars which actually makes it the very the best first quarter that they've ever had which is surprising now of course, going into Q2 is not going to be quite so rosy, but actually beat a lot of expectations because typically uh, first quarter is very soft for most car manufacturers and especially Tesla historically. Um, Model S and X, they produced 15,390 cars, delivered 12,200. Model 3 and Y, they produced 87,282, pardon me, and delivered 76,200 cars. Notice that they don't break apart the cars anymore. They haven't actually for some time now because... I actually went back and looked. S and X, they've kind of always lumped together, and 3 and Y, they're lumping together. Because I know some people are going to ask, like, how many Ys did they actually produce this quarter? Well, we don't really know because they don't really break out that information. They're very much like Apple. They don't tell you how many versions of the iPod they make. They just said, we just make this many, right? So all in all, very good. They did say that Model Y production started in January and deliveries began in March. We saw that significantly ahead of schedule. Additionally, our Shanghai factory continued to achieve record levels of production despite significant setbacks. So the Gigafactory in Shanghai is back in full production. So I think that's going to keep Tesla afloat until they start production again. I think the number that's being floated around right now is they could produce start production at the Fremont factory again around about early May, around the 4th or the 5th, somewhere around there, all things considered. I mean, things could change. I mean, if if, if the COVID thing situation doesn't relax a little bit by then, that, you know, obviously they could uh, be shut down for a little longer, but I'm hopeful that things will go back into um, into normal production at that point. Um, 
you know, obviously a lot of people are waiting for Model Y at this point, and of course no deliveries are really happening other than whatever dribble of inventory is kind of laying around that nobody's using. But um, anyways, we'll, we'll talk about more about Model Y a little bit later in the show because there's some really interesting stuff. Did you guys have any comments about um, vehicle production deliveries? The only thing I would say at this point is I understand folks who are sort of anxious, uh, waiting to find out when their car will deliver. Um, but I think because of the, the health concerns surrounding the pandemic, I think it's okay for folks to sort of just take a breather, uh, understand that things will happen in due course. Um, ideally, we're seeing sporting events. A lot of folks are waiting to see when will sporting events in my location sort of come back up again. And we really just don't know. A lot of it's contingent on testing. Can factory workers go back to the factory and get tested to make sure that they're healthy and that they're not going to infect somebody else? Um, so I think I think a lot of logistics have to get figured out first from the health side of things before we even worry about unlocking those doors and getting the factory lines started again. Um, you know, this this could very well dig into the summer and maybe into the fall in terms of just how much ramp up they're going to get. Um, I think it'd be great if they can get at least a small workforce in to start getting some things done, whether it's on the programming side, development side, uh, if it's just even getting the parts in line ready for production. Who knows? Checking the stamping machines, greasing some things, whatever they have to do. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think for for right now, I mean, we're we're looking at, at least the end of April, beginning of May before there's any decisions at all. And I think even then, it's just decisions. I'm not sure if they're really going to start scheduling things. But um, yeah, I, I I would be not surprised if this extended into uh, later in the summer before they really get production again. Q2 could very much be almost a productionless quarter. Could be. I do understand that they are taking some of this downtime at the factory to do some improvements, especially in the Model Y uh, production line. Because, you know, even though Model Y is being delivered and we've seen the cars and the quality is generally pretty darn good for a car that's right off the line, um, you have to remember these are still early days and you just don't flip a switch and you start producing 3,000 cars a week. It just doesn't happen, right? So obviously... You know, they'll want to do whatever improvements they can to whatever production processes they're using on the Model Y to uh, be able to get that ramp up as fast as possible. But um, anyways, I, I, uh, I got money. Every single engineer and QC guy at Tesla has been watching the Monroe videos in their downtime going, oh, OK, there's one, there's one, there's one. <laughs> I mean, perfect time to attack that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I, I know we want to talk about the Sandy Monroe stuff. There is some questions that came in for the podcast that we'll get to a little bit later, but I do mm -hmm. want to spend some time on that. I just want to get through some of the news and then we'll we'll, we'll spend some time on that because I think it's relevant and it's very important for us to talk about. Just though, yeah. I, I, wanted, I wanted to tag on to one thing Eric said because it's, yes, uh, anybody's waiting for a Model Y must be just climbing the drapes right now with anticipation. But think of it this way, because of the timing coming out and all of these tesla engineers who now have time on their hands to do stuff you might get a far better car in a few uh, months than you would have otherwise think about Speak that yes yes uh speaking of which um i don't know what the software engineers are doing but they're on a roll right now we've had like two literally two software updates happen to my car in the last two days alone so mm -hmm. they're certainly rolling out especially the latest firmware which just started rolling out yesterday which is 2020.12.5 which i got today which has the new um, Sentry and the uh, dash cam viewer built into the car. I did a whole video, a video on that. You guys can look at it if you want. But I think it shows that they're still innovating. Um, there's still more stuff coming, obviously, because you know Elon has just uh, gone on Twitter over here in the last couple of days and and talked more about that. We'll we'll get to that here in a second. Um, speaking of the COVID situation, um, Tesla did post a video 
on their uh, YouTube channel talking about this new ventilator that they've been working on. Now, Elon has been buying ventilators and the CBAT machines and, you know, delivering them uh, directly. But internally, Tesla engineers have actually very cleverly used a bunch of Model 3 parts to actually build their own ventilator. I'll, I'll actually play the video here minus the sound because, you know, we don't want copyright issues. But I'll just uh, start playing this here. And you guys can't see the video, but I will put a link in the video description. You guys can go and check it out on your own. But they use the Model 3 screen. They use the... Um, uh, MCU, which is the, uh, the the computer that drives the screen in the car. They use the vehicle controller left or right and some power supplies and very cleverly designed this whole ventilator situation. I think it's really clever. Now, if they can actually get this thing into production as fast as possible, I think they can make a real difference. So anyways, I won't belabor the point too much, but you guys can go and check it out um, through the link in the bottom. I think it's quite in, quite ingenious what they've done, uh, being able to use a lot of these parts. And obviously, I mean, they'll be able to make this at a far lower cost than some of the medical equipment because, uh, medical equipment tends to be a little bit inflated in prices a lot of ways, but I don't know. Did you guys have a chance to look at the video? It's pretty cool. I, I want to know the most important question that no one's answered. Can you still play beach buggy racing on it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm on a ventilator stuck in some god-awful hospital room, like, you know, I at least want to be able to reach over and, and have a stab at beach buggy racing. That would what, be I find, what I find interesting is that even they use the Model 3 screen, and yeah. the two icons still on the screen is the volume on the right yeah. and the and the car settings mm -hmm. button in the left. I don't know if there's a hard-coded or whatever, but anyways, they've I got the screen overlay that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that shows the, the stuff on Anyways. Highly encourage you to go check it out. Hopefully, they bring this thing um, to market. And if we find out any more, we'll report back on it and let you guys know what's going on with that. All right. So let's get into some Twitter stuff because there's a lot of really neat things that have come out. Our good friend Green the Only has spoken. And he says, so it uh, looks like I've admitted myself into the EAP. That's the... Uh, not enhanced autopilot, but the early access program, a bit uninvited. Might as well report on some other upcoming stuff. He says that hardware 2.x users, so that includes hardware 2 and 2.5 users, rejoice. Uh, you're going to be getting the new visualizations, which are the FSD visualizations, namely the ever-annoying traffic cones. <laughs> I get it. People want traffic cones. Uh, complete with auto lane change on Navigate on autopilot, but only for cars equipped with MCU 2.0. So uh, I think that software update has started to go out to some people. So uh, Green, thank you if you're watching and listening. Um, thank you for doing that stuff and doing Yeoman's work. He did go on to say that um, Model S and X performance cars based on the Raven cars will also get a new launch mode, which includes a cheetah stance. There have been a couple videos that have come out with that where the car actually lowers in the front, um, I think ostensibly to get a little bit more traction. I think two videos that I saw were uh, Brooks from Drag Times because he has a Raven equipped car. And I think it was uh, Brian, actually from Iowa and Tesla, because he has a Raven equipped Model X. So if I remember to put links in those videos, you guys can go and check them out. But anyway, some neat stuff coming for people. I don't know what the holdout was, why we didn't see those updates for some of those people for like the longest time, but maybe it's just resources. I don't know. We're back. We had a slight interruption here, so we're back at the grind. All right, so there's some uh, neat stuff coming out that way. Um, another tweet from Elon this time, answering some questions from people on Twitter. Someone was asking, um, how's the stop sign detection going? And he did say that he's hoping to roll out traffic lights and stop lights detection to wide release in the US in a few weeks and, and uh, worldwide, maybe in Q3. 
There are going to be some variations in each country. So it's very important to make sure this one is done right now. This is the one where everybody's talking about. Now, we have the visualizations in the car that shows you that it detects stoplights and stop signs, but it doesn't take action. Um, for There are some people, of course, that are in the early access program that actually have that software where it actually does act on it, although it's a little flaky right now. Again, they're testing it and making sure that everything work uh, is working well. There's some discussions on the forum as far as... Um, as uh, as far as how it works but basically what tesla is looking for is they're looking for a truth in the sense that before it actually acts on that it's actually for it's it's actually showing you confirmations on the screen and then when it actually does take action before you uh, for you to actually proceed you have to press the accelerator or the autopilot stock to get it to engage so i think what they're looking for at this point is they have it largely working but before they can actually really release it, they want to make sure that the behavior of the car is exactly what is expected. And when it's not expected, how do you correct for it, right? They're looking for false positives as well. So this is going to take a little longer than we expected. Elon did say they were hoping to roll that out at the end of March. Obviously, that hasn't happened yet. So keep an eye on that. Subsequently, uh, someone asked, is when was FSD still in, uh, on track for a price increase? Because that's the other thing that, uh, that Elon had said in the past is as they were going to release new FSD features, because it's not just flip a switch and all of a sudden it's FSD, they have to release things in stages, that they would do price increases. We saw a price increase a few months ago, and Elon said, well, probably July 1st, so... If this thing works out well, um, for those of you who have not purchased FSD and you want some of these new features, uh, you're in for a price increase. I would say probably 1000 bucks, just like last time. So it's starting to get a little bit on the expensive side, I think. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, we all have, I mean, Ian and I both have purchased FSD. Um, Eric, for obviously reasons that you know, he's talked about in the past. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this price increase? Do you think it's warranted or... I think I think it's warranted. The problem is is now the time you want to do this. Like are, <laughs> are are people just going? Oh, you know what? I have several thousand dollars laying around. I mean, ten percent of of uh, Americans are out of work right now. Ten percent, and I'm sure in that ten percent are Tesla are Tesla owners. Like I, I just I don't understand the rationale of you know the economy is sort of in on the downslide. Now is a good time to increase the price of FSD. Uh, my rationale would be if you are rolling out these features and they're enticing enough, then you may get the sales and the add-ons with the price as it is now. Um, to me, the smart move is don't increase it. Uh, I mean, you're going to have Tesla owners saying, hey, why, why am I still paying for my car? Well, I mean, that's kind of how loans still work. But I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, I, to, to me, it just doesn't make sense to like I get why they have to do it, but you don't have to do it now. And I would say maybe maybe defer it to next year. I don't know. But right now, I the way the economy is, I would, I would do it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, well, the, the second problem. point really is what seals it for me is, is it's even if you spent all that money, how much can you really use right now when right. we're all restricted to our houses? You know, that's the crazy part. Like that's mm -hmm. that's that's what I don't get. It's uh, it's exactly right. You know, I mean, you can, you can technically get in your car and drive around. You just can't like go to a place. But if you want to like hit the track or you want to, you know, get on the highway and just drive, you can. If you're not going to, you know, if you're just going to go out and come back around, you can certainly play with it. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, there, it, it just, you know, I, there are a lot of people now who are making strategic decisions on, do I order takeout? Because they're not sure if they can. 
uh, you know, how, what do we get at the grocery store that we can get? Uh, you know, it's certainly tough in some places more than others. Uh, I, to me, it's just, it just seems like a stupid decision to raise the price now. I, I just, I, I, it just makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, it's not like they're lacking the capital. I mean, they have how many thousands and thousands of reservations for FSD already? I mean, they got, I mean, there's millions of dollars in capital just sitting there waiting for them to touch it. They don't, they don't have to do the price increase yet. Well, my personal opinion is the fact that they're giving us all the visualizations in the car. That's just an ad for FSD, as far as I'm concerned, whether you have it or not. I think it's just like, look what we can see. Pretty soon we're going to act on it. Do you want this? Well, yeah. I also would argue the car already could see it. It's just now it's on your screen. Like the car no, no, already that's, could... That's, right. Yeah, that's I'm just, that's I'm just true. Saying, yeah, yeah. So so the idea that people are like, wow, this is so cool. Like, yeah, your car already could detect stop signs and streetlights. This is now what it can act on them as, you know, as part of the autonomous features. Um, but by and, and large... traffic it, cones was enough to get people to buy it? <laughs> Uh, our friend Nate McComb was a traffic cone in this car. I'm just, I'm just saying there are some, there are some glitches in the software. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just, this has, it's as a business decision. Just, I don't see where this makes any sense whatsoever. Because just, I mean, the conversations that I've made online is that I mean, the the amount of people that are excited to see bloody traffic cones on this car you know? is enough to get people to try and line up to get these hardware three upgrades. I mean, it's the most mm -hmm. useless thing in the world, but people want it. They were cones. I need cones. Now it's like, now I need trash bins. Now I need to see the streetlights. I mean, what's next? I was I mean, one of them. I was so excited to see my cones. And now how do you feel that you have it? I just want to go out and drive. I don't even care if I see the cones. <laughs> I want to be able to go somewhere. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, moving along, we have some more information to, um, to let everyone know here. Um, on Twitter, the uh, forum Tesla Belgique had asked... Elon, we really need a stealth sentry mode. Stop the blinking headlights and no in-car display. Would that be possible? Thanks. Elon says, okay. I kind of agree on this. My car lives outside. Ian, yours does too, I think, largely. Depends. In inclement weather, uh, uh, Ms. Mad gets the garage. Uh, in nicer uh, times, I get it. We okay. sort of share. Um, I do not turn off sentry mode. It's on all the time. And um, I know I've people have said, why are your lights flashing in the middle of the night? I'm like, okay, that's the one feature that would be nice to turn off so that the lights stop flashing whenever it detects things. So, I mean, the sentry mode screen, okay, I'll take it or leave it. But yeah, the lights, I, I kind of agree with that. I think that's... Uh, well, that Elon said, okay, right? He's going to do it? If he says, okay. Normally he, he says, on okay. A that's right. He does deliver. He's not always on time. Hey, I'm still waiting for my leaderboard on the games. He did promise he was going to do something about that. And he, True. it still hasn't happened yet. I got to remind you. Him. Need, you need to calm down, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you need to relax. All right. We know we know how you are at 2048. You just need to calm down. All right. <laughs> I know that when it comes to chess, you're you're like 308 to one. I get it. We don't have to prove it. <laughs> how many leaderboards you have to be on, Trevor? Huh? You already have two no, roadsters no, no, coming. No. Oh, here oh. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Touche. 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 All right, one more little bit before we get to questions and answers. Another tweet had come in. Someone had asked, hey, Elon, will Battery Day still be happening this month? Elon says, it's hard to predict dates right now. Well, for obvious reasons. Most likely will happen in mid-May. Um, I think that the number floating around originally was going to be sometime in early April. Obviously, this COVID thing has come down and the factories have been shut down and stuff. So obviously, it doesn't make sense to do it in, uh, in April. 
So moving it to May, probably good. I mean, all things considered, if things, uh, you know, kind of shape up between then. So yeah, don't look for battery day to happen this month in any shape, way, or form. Uh, most likely sometime in mid-May. Still don't know it's where they're going to hold I would, it. I was going to I expect them to stream it. I don't think they're going to have any audience there. I think they'll well, still that's be some Good. No, I was just going to say, because they did stream the uh, Autonomy Investor Day, and mm -hmm. they did say that they were going to stream it as well. Obviously, do you have people there? Is it really necessary to have people there? Don't know. I mean, anything's possible these days. I mean, people are doing Zoom meetups and, you know, people working from home now and, and doing all the teleconferencing now. It's certainly possible to take audience participation questions. Um, I mean, that, they so. do it. They do it now with their quarterly number calls. I mean, to me, you don't have to necessarily you can have a virtual system where, uh, an, you know, a journalist who's working remotely can sort of buzz in saying, I have a question and they can ask uh, I, to me, I, I, if they're planning on doing this, say, in the next four to six weeks. I, I just don't see that, yeah, let's just have a crowd of 150 journalists and special guests in a room and we're going to do a presentation. Like, I think it'll still be a very virtual experience. I mean, heck, the NFL draft is coming up here in two weeks. It's entirely virtual uh, and everyone's working from home. So I don't I don't think that two weeks later, let's say that's when they decide to do it, that they're like, all right, now we can have a whole room full of people. Like, the smart thing would be do it digitally, do it where you stream it, you know, YouTube, your own channel, whatever it is. Uh, and then, you know, do the safe route that way. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, obviously, the next question is, what are they going to do for their shareholder day, which is typically held in June? So we'll be keeping an eye on that. I mean, that there's a possibility that could certainly spill over into those dates. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, that basically concludes the Tesla news, but we do have viewer, listener, and questions, so we'll actually what? dive into that, but it kind of dovetails into some of the stuff we wanted to talk about a little bit earlier. So the first question comes from Jeff. He says, Elon has mentioned that Tesla may get into mining. Any chance that Tesla will open a gigafactory in Australia solely for battery production? Hmm. So... Let's think about that for a second. So they already have a gigafactory in Shanghai, which is making mm -hmm. right-hand drive cars for the Asian market. Australia is not that far. It's also a right-hand drive country. Do they really need a gigafactory in Australia? I mean, GM just shut down the whole Holden production in, in, in Australia, which has been going you know for decades. I don't know. I mean, Australia has resources, right? It has resources, but I would expect you'd want your gigafactories for battery production to be not too far from your vehicle production factories. Well, and if you're true. taking if you're taking batteries and having to put them on a freight and freight that over to a gigafactory like in China, that's a, that's a pretty painstaking and very expensive <laughs> process. Well, that's why uh, they built the factory in Shanghai because producing everything yeah. in Fremont for a worldwide market doesn't make sense. I mean, right. they're going to, I mean, they're starting construction at the uh, big gigafactory in Berlin to handle the European market. I think in the Asian right. side, my personal opinion, I don't think it makes sense to do something in Australia when you have Shanghai right there. I mean, it's not that mm -hmm. far. That's just my personal opinion, though. But what do I know? They've surprised right. as many times. As I, as I posited before, to me, the next gigafactory they would build would be in South America. That was, that was my uh, position. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Well, we'll never know. Uh, next question comes from James. It says, Tesla has, has Tesla done anything with the Model Y fenders to protect against rock chips commonly found on the Model 3? Um, I have not seen any evidence on the Model Y of having mud flaps. However, I highly recommend getting mud flaps. We don't know about the rocker panel situation to see what they've done as far as the paint situation with that. Because, I mean, it's a common area where things can get rock chip. Listen, if you value your paint, you're going to get paint protection film. 
I'm sorry, but that's just the only real solution, plus um, mud flaps. Ian? Yeah. <laughs> you definitely get mud flaps. And this man buy, has lots to say about yeah, this. Yeah, don't, don't buy the cheapest ones you can find. I bought a, an early generation uh, one out of Asia off of Amazon, and uh, yeah, one of them failed halfway through. I tweeted a picture this week. The thing basically tore in half. I don't know where. But it happened during the lightning run. I noticed that not long after I got back and I had a good crawl under the car. And yeah, Ooh, the chips. Yeah, yeah, very, very nasty. So, and you've, uh, and you've had one or two rocker panels fixed, painted before? Yeah, I, I had the driver's side one uh, done last year after me, the idiot. I, I, I had. <laughs> I drove over that curb. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I, did, I remember the story, and I'm like, the, 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 oh, So if man. you want to hear that story, just look at the <laughs> podcast called Operation De- uh, uh, Rocker Panel Demangling or something like <laughs> yeah, that. That's yeah. It. Yeah. The horror. The horror. I still have Rocker Panel PTSD. Um, <laughs> but yes, thankfully, that mud flap was intact. So the paint on that side of the car is still beautiful. Um, but yeah, no, the, the right side now is all trash. So I'll, uh, I'll probably lean upon my friends again to go get that side repainted. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty much going to have to do the, the front bumper as well. Um, because it just got trashed on the trip. Well, not just the trip. I mean, a cumulative of a year and a half of me going all over the place with this car, but yeah, the amount of rocks, you know, uh, Trev, you remember, especially in the Western part of the country, you know, going up and over the Coquihalla and like, there's a lot of rock. They, a lot of part of the uh, the western parts of Canada don't use salt on the roads. They just use uh, abrasives, and it's nasty. Yeah. So uh, yes, go well, ahead Co- and protect the car when it's new. Too. The best time is when it's new. You really, you really got to do it. Then I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Well, that's I why I say, you know, if you value your paint, you're going to get paint protection film. Yep, hundred percent. You should. Yeah, and do it right away. Don't wait. Yeah. Unless you're like me, who wants to do it but can't afford to do it, and you're stuck with what you well, got. I got, I, I, got, I got a lot of chips on my front end. I, I totally get that. I understand that. Also, I should mention, though, too, don't make the mistake of assuming that a ceramic coating is the same thing. That is not. All that does is makes your car easier to wash. It does not protect your paint like paint protection film does. If you can, get both. If you can't, then you have to make a choice. Do you want physical protection, or do you want a car that's easier to wash? Take one. All right. As uh, alluded to earlier, we were going to talk about the Model Y. So the two next questions that came in are directly to Model Y related. So the first question comes from Pedro. He's asking, following Sandy Monroe's Model Y teardown, does it look like Model 3 and Y really share 75% of common parts? The next question comes from Coding Mark. He says, do you think the wiring and simpler uh, frame enhancements from Model Y will ever make it to the Model 3, or are these not important? It seems like they uh, would improve production capacity for Model 3. So... Having said that, let's take a little time here and talk about Sandy Monroe's teardown, which is currently ongoing. I've been watching it very carefully because it spins my little beanie propeller. I want to see what kind of improvements they've made to the Model Y. And so far, Sandy is a happy man. He was very critical of the Model 3 when he first got it. He got one of the very early cars, so take that with a Mm -hmm. grain of salt. Um, And he made uh, lots and lots of noise about the fact that he thought that the tech in the car was fantastic the battery the drivetrain but the actual body construction of the car was like made by amateurs i my words not his um but so far with the model y he has nothing but good things to say you know save for one thing about a particular bolt but whatever so let's talk about this um i have my own observations but ian you said you've you've been on a bit of a tirade there watching his videos what what's your takeaway from this uh yeah it was 
interesting. The first thing that struck me, and it struck me early on because I got bombarded with questions, is when he did um, the section on the brakes, and he talked about the fact that there's an external hex uh, lock screw now on the, mm -hmm. on the brake rotors. And that clued me into the fact that, and it's my only criticism of anything he's ever done, is that it wasn't apparent that he even understood which version of the car he had. And I thought that was kind of odd. And sure enough, he acknowledged it, you know, and, and good on him later on. I forget in which episode where he says, yeah, we, we originally said we just had a regular dual motor. It turns out this is the performance version of the vehicle. I found it amazing that he could go and, and, and actually buy it and not be aware that he had the, the performance version of it. Uh, and then as a follow-on to that, he I still don't think he clued in to the fact that the brakes are unique to the performance version and that if you buy the base version, you still get the standard brakes exactly the same as you do on the Model 3. So anybody watching the teardown, um, be aware of that. Is I, I don't think they've made that distinction yet. Uh, perhaps at some future point, they'll notice that, yeah, the standard one has the standard brakes. So, um, so that's about the only error, if you want to call it that, that I saw. I think the rest of it was super well done. I mean, these guys are a pro, and Sandy's obviously a genius at what he does. I mean, he spots the tiniest little things, like, you know, especially when he's going into this minutia with the clips and, like, all the fastening devices for the panels inside the trunk and so on. So th that, yeah, that was really, really interesting to watch. Um Anything else that I can think of? Not off the top of my head. Um, Trev, you, you go ahead with your observations. Maybe I'll clue in as we go along. Okay. Fine Lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Nothing in particular order here, but we got a very good look at the casting, uh, which comprises the whole rear end of the car. There's a lot of really neat things going on in there. Um, it's very monolithic in the sense that all of the mounting tangs, all the bolt holes, everything that's required to take what was really somewhere in the vicinity of about 30 parts that makes up the back of the car down to one piece. Now that made Sandy very happy because his observation with his Model 3 was the fact that they use way too many body panels to build this car. Um, you now, of course, obviously Tesla has learned a lot from producing Model 3. It was a very painful ramp for them. So obviously when they're going to be designing future cars, they're going to say, well, what can we not repeat to make that painful again? Obviously with the Model Y, it shows a lot of improvements in order to reduce a lot of that pain for them. So yeah, the casting on the rear of the car, I think is very ingenious. Second part is the, the rear trunk or the, 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 the lower part of the trunk now is metal. not metal or anything. It's that cast plastic. It's the same stuff they use for the front trunk. Um, so that makes it super easy for them to just drop in in one piece. Um, he did say in the latest video that he thought it was, or the second of the latest video that he put out, that he thought it was interesting that they didn't share the two parts. I mean, in some ways, if you're thinking more like a traditional car manufacturer, you'd look at the front trunk and say, well, how can we reuse that mold to make the back piece the same way? Obviously, they use two different molding parts. Um, so yeah, that struck me as a little interesting there, but uh, Tesla is Tesla, right? They'll do things their own way because it suits them, not manufacturing I, in some ways, right? I honestly thought that was a, 
that was a bridge too far. Like, really? I mean, they're, it's a totally different part of the car. And if you're going to optimize the amount of space front and rear, you want to use every square inch available, right? So to make them, you'd have to compromise something. You'd either have to lose a lot of room in front or lose a lot of room in the back. Yeah. I, I didn't know at all. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. I'm sure Tesla looks at it that way. But I also appreciate, you know, Sandy's position and like, okay, uh, you know, maybe you could have done it a little differently. But I mean, it's nor here nor there. Let me see here. What else? Uh, high voltage wiring. Let's talk about the wiring here, because that's one of the things that keeps coming up all the time, because there's been a lot of talk in the past about Model Y being a simpler wiring system. Now, I can't speak to it. Sandy hasn't gone to the part of actually tearing down the actual wiring harness of the car to the point to really measure things out. Elon has mentioned in the past that they were going to do a shorter wiring system. Uh, Model 3 is like, what, a kilometer and a half? There was a lot of talk about Model Y going down 100 meters. I don't see any evidence of this car being 100 meters worth of wiring in the car. It still has the traditional wiring harness in the car. Um, there were some patents about, you know, connectors being flat and all the other stuff. But uh, again, at this point, we don't really see any evidence of that. That could change when he actually gets down. He did say that the high voltage lines coming from the charge port to the battery, though, are housed in rigid pipes. And that's different from the previous cars, which are um, were flex cables. So his opinion is that it makes it easier to install in the car. There's less um, chance of error or installer error at that point. So I think that that's, uh, that's a smart way. He... Um, you also talked a lot about the welding in the car. Um, one of the things that Tesla likes to do or has done traditionally in the cars a lot is a lot of dissimilar welding techniques, spot welds, uh, sinusoidal welds, butt welds, I mean, and rivets, self-piercing rivets, adhesives. I think a lot of that stuff has actually been reduced. They're thinking a little bit smarter. Um, in the last video, he talks about some evidence that he saw with the with the welding compared to the Model Three because he still has that you know beside the Model Y, so he can do some comparisons. I can see the differences. So obviously Tesla's thinking a little smarter as far as production is concerned. Um, let's see here, what else? Uh, the wheel thing was interesting. I'm, you know, I'm not really going to harp on it too much, but uh, you know the fact that he made the comment, well, the bolt's on the outside. Well, so is mine, and so is yours. Yes. And so are all the cars now. And he says, well, he made the mistake of saying, well, it looks like you have to buy wheels from Tesla. No, you don't. I mean, everybody takes that into account. You know all about that. Ian's in the in the wheel business. He, he knows how that stuff works. So and, and just, I, I just want to reiterate for anybody who hasn't followed the Twitter discussion. And if you watch the videos and you're alarmed thinking, oh, my God, I can't change the wheels. No, you can remove that bolt. If you have a flat mounting pad wheel, you just have to remove the bolt. Um, be aware that over time, it's theoretically possible that dirt will get in behind the brake rotor when you're moving stuff around. And you could get a slight outer uh, round condition on the, I, it's never happened to me, but it's theoretically possible. But uh, no, you, you can definitely remove that. The main reason is there is to hold the rotor in place uh, during production. So don't yeah. sweat that. There's no yeah. problem. Don't sweat that. Um, now, as far as Pedro's comment about the parts being shared about approximately 75%. Again, you have to remember Elon throws out numbers. They're not always 100% accurate. Um, I think in this case, the 75% is really shared commonality between, you know, drivetrain parts, uh, battery, uh, mm -hmm. power electronics. A lot of that stuff is there. Most of the differences that I can see between the Y and the 3 really is in the body of the car because, you know, it's designed a little different. That's where all the changes are really reoccurring. We do know the Model Y uses the same seats as the Model 3. They're just put on in risers. The front row. In the front, the front row, row, yes. Yes, on the front row. That's absolutely true. Um, they're on risers. It looks like they're using the same dash, the same screen. Um, right. 
The electronics in the front are a little different. I mean, because Model Y is using a heat pump now. We'll talk about that here in a second, as opposed to resistive heater for the cabin. Um, he did mention in his last video, or the second to last video, and, and, and I'm sorry, he's putting out one or two a day, so it's a little difficult to keep track. But he made mention about the fact that some people that have Model Y have been complaining that the heat pump in the front makes too much noise. And he has shown um, what looks like a jacket or a sound deadening jacket that was around the air compressor pump on previous cars. Now, I don't have it on mine. I, I mean, I just literally took the front um, out of the front of my car to just, you know, check it for spring because that's something that I do is preventive maintenance. I didn't see any evidence of that, but he had one in his hands and he said that Tesla contacted him and said that is a running production change that they're going to do um, on Model Ys. No time given as to when that's going to happen, but they are going to put a sound deadening jacket around the heat pump to alleviate that problem. Now, having said that, I would suspect that Tesla will make that available as a retrofit uh, through service for people that complain about it. Don't expect them to do it right away. So mm -hmm. um, if anybody who has a Model Y or is thinking uh, that that's a problem, um, I would advise you to call a service, Tesla service, and have a note put on your file that you would like this retrofit done if it if or when it becomes you know tesla's typically done the right thing when they do that kind of thing it's a small change it doesn't it's not that big of a deal so i think that they will do that um let me see here what else is there to talk about i mean we're we're still following the situation he hasn't torn the whole thing apart he's just doing little dribs and drabs as he goes um the fact that they were supposed to do a live teardown hasn't happened obviously because of the covid thing has really gotten in the way so I don't know. I think it's interesting. Um, Can I just throw in one other thing that I found do. fascinating? When they were taking apart the uh, interior front, did you notice those sections of um, cast foam that came out of the... EPP foam. Uh, yeah, the P foam that was in, in the uh, front well, basically where your feet go, the foot wells. They're like, they look to be like a foot deep. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh my God, like all that wasted space from this giant thing. I, I imagine it's to space it out so that you got like the right configuration because, the, the, you know, you're sitting so much higher in the Y. But I mean, there should be like a storage cabinet or like a little built-in cooler or something in there. It seems like this huge amount of wasted space. You know, it's like um, ideal for smugglers. I... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching too much Ozark right lately. But... There you go. <laughs> um, I, I don't have any evidence of this, but I would suspect that they're probably using some carpeting from the Model 3 in the front. I don't know. Maybe that's just to make up for the space so they don't have to use any new molds. Again, I don't I know. Think, I haven't really I paid a lot of right. close. Who knows? Um, I know it's different around the risers because obviously the carpet has to go over top of those risers. So, mm -hmm. um, Anyways, so yeah, uh, we're watching this as it develops, as he tears it apart. I'm, I'm Again, I'm intensely curious to see how many changes and, and uh, things that they've made. But it looks like Sandy has basically stopped complaining. <laughs> He's very happy. And he likes to repeat that a lot. So as Elon had said many times, that uh, the changes that they've implemented in the Model Y would make Sandy happy. So I hope it continues. All right. Two things I wanted to add here really quickly before we move on. Please do. Number one, this is their fifth car. So it's amazing having only made their fifth car that they, they in that time span, they've quickly gotten to the point of almost a flawless execution, which we sort of knew was on that path with the three. Uh, but the second part of it, too, is does it hurt to watch these videos? Because I would imagine there's some people watching going, they're taking, they're taking <laughs> it apart. No, I, I just can you put it back together so I can get it? So, you know, the ones that really hurt is watching the first responders crush them with the jaws. Oh, yeah. Them. Those mm -hmm. are painful to watch. 
And there's a few videos out there, but, uh, you know, not for the weak of heart, uh, weak, weak stomach. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because at least this is being done surgically and all precise. I mean, theoretically, if you gathered up all the parts one night in his warehouse when nobody's looking, we could put it all back together and it would be intact. <laughs> sure. right? I mean, exactly. you have the video to put it back together. It's going to play forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, like I said, we're going to keep an eye on that. Um, it's, I mean, lots of time at home to watch his videos, right? So, um, right. So nothing else about the Model Y? We'll keep an eye on that? We're good? Yeah. We're good. Okay, let's move on. Next question comes from Mike. He says, do you know if there's a Q tracker for the FSD3 computer installation? Uh, I'm not that I'm aware of. Um, it's, uh, you know, Mike, you don't really tell us where you're from or whatever, but uh, retrofits are being done. So... Uh, call Tesla service. Um, keep in mind, on a Model 3, it requires a service center visit. It cannot be done by mobile because there's liquid coolant that they have to drain, partially drain. It could really, you know, it could lead to spills, and they don't want to do that in people's driveways and stuff. So S and X is different, but on the Model 3, if you're looking for a hardware 3 upgrade, it has to be done at the service center. So obviously with the situation right now, don't expect that for it to happen quite so soon. But um, if, that's, if that's something you're looking for, make an appointment and um, see what transpires. All right, next question comes from Rich. He says, the Model Y and uh, newer Model 3s reportedly don't have auto-dimming side mirrors. Do you think Tesla will bring them back? Also, do you think this uh, Do you think this might be laying the groundwork for replacing the mirrors with cameras? Ha-ha, that's a very good question, Rich. Yeah, mm. um, my neighbor just literally took delivery of an SR Plus. It does not have the auto-dimming mirrors. Now, when we say auto-dimming, we're talking about the electrochromatic mirrors, which is they're easy to see because if you look at a Model 3, if it has the very faint line around mm -hmm. the mirrors, you know it's electrochromatic. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, that is something that um, Sandy had mentioned in his Model Y teardown. He hadn't gotten to that part yet. Um, from what I understand, Model Y doesn't have it either. I think it's a cost-saving measure. Whether the wiring harness is still present there for you to be able to do a retrofit, I don't know. Will there be a retrofit? Probably not from Tesla. Can you buy somebody else's <laughs> mirrors off of a junkyard and retrofit? Probably. Has it been disabled in the software? Who knows? So anything is possible. I know a lot of people look at these changes and they go, oh, I want it. How can I get it? Tesla's good about software updates. Is this a software update thing? No, this is a hardware change. And they could have some software changes um, you know, involved as well. So... I understand where it's coming from, but who knows? Now, as far as replacing the mirrors with cameras, I mean, listen, the moment legislation allows Tesla to do that, don't you think that they would want to? Oh, In a hell heartbeat. yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Because it affects range. I love, I love, though, how a person asks a question. You bring more questions to the conversation. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, I got, you got two questions. I got seven. Um, I will say this though, uh, there are things that I have in my, uh, 2018 model three. Um, for example, the hooks in the front, I have those, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the mirrors we're talking about now. So there's, there's little things that I don't have. For example, the, the Alcantara headliner, um, the changes that occur within every production year from one model to the next, whether it's an S or an X or a three or whatever, it, it's always amazing when someone goes, well, that's not fair. I, I don't have that thing. I'm the, right, but you also have this thing that now I don't have. You have homework. Um, I don't. Right. And it's like, guys, we're not doing plastic surgery on these cars to make everything look the same. Like, just, it's <laughs> it's okay you don't have it. Um, but I, when, as you were explaining your answer, my immediate thought was it's always about money. It's the contract with the suppliers, what parts they can get, and what's it going to cost them. 
if if the, if the supplier says, well, it's costing us more to make these for whatever the reasons they are, and Tesla says, well, given our contracts, we need to order X number for our vehicle production, and then both parties look at the numbers and then say, okay, well, it's obviously cost prohibitive for somebody. Chances are they're going to go, well, we're going to have to go some other route. Um, it's possible they're using the same supplier. I obviously don't have that information, but it could be the supplier goes, here are two mirrors. Which one do you want? And if it ends up saving a bunch, then they use the other mirror. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's amazing the, the tiniest, tiniest feature that people are like up in arms about. Like, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think in part, it's not only just to save money, but it's to what you just said, which is, could this be a future planned design so that if you just have a standard basic mirror and let's say it gets damaged or whatever it is, or it comes to the time where the cameras suffice, then you just pop it off and you're done. And there's no wiring. You just take it off and that's it. So who knows? My question would be is where are they going to put the displays for the camera mirror? Because typically that has to be integrated somewhere in one of the interior panels of the door or something, right? Like I don't see where the provision is for that right now in the car. So I'll be curious to see what the solution would be. Well, have you seen the Audi e-tron in Europe that doesn't have mirrors? They're built into the yeah. doors. Right? I mean, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen one in, in real life, so I can't really speak to its efficacy. But um, yeah, I, I want to go back. Logically, no, they just have a new door card that has like a little screen there, right? So speaking of which, and I and I'm sorry, but I think we've glossed over a second question here that Coding Mark had asked. Um, it seems like they could improve production capacity for Model Three. Uh, will some of those features now? I was told by uh, someone that I met at Tesla that there are some changes on the Model Y, and we're starting to see some of those, uh, where it makes sense um, that they've improved over the Model 3, and then some of those would come back to the Model 3 in due time. Uh, I mean, to me, doing the heat pump thing is an obvious thing that they will they would do uh, eventually. Now, as far as the body is concerned, uh, you know, I would really wish that they would do those things to the Model 3, but look, I mean, they're still building the S and the X the same way now. I mean, the Model S has been in production, what, seven, eight years now? Mm-hmm. And it's largely built the same way. So they haven't really changed anything as far as that car's concerned. So I, I would suspect that they would make some changes where it makes sense. But well, not... they did the revamp in the, in the S, Trev, where they, they redid, like, you know, uh, the cooling the up front. Yeah. Oh, no, no. The, 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 yeah, the, the front is that. But I'm talking about the, the, the rest of the car. I mean, there's lots of improvements they could make there. I'm not saying that they don't or won't. It's just... Limited resources, right? At what point do you shut down the factory to make the changes required? At what point do you do the engineering? Uh, We know with Tesla that they're always looking down the road to improve their cars. Um, But at what point do you pull the trigger and actually do it? Do they have resources? Do they have the money? Do they have the time? I mean, look, I mean, the the Plaid uh, platform that's coming out sometime whether it's this that year will or be not. the litmus test right there that, that's mm-hmm. the big one but you're also not drastically changing the aerodynamics of the car i mean they did add something to the back of the car uh for the purpose of their track test but largely the body of the car is the same like if you've gotten the aerodynamic value that they have to be so so finite a very tiny little number um i don't know what they can do to make that better right like if it's if it, you know if it's like if the drag coefficient is 0.21 or you know whatever that tiny number is and they're like, it's, you can't get much lower than that. I don't see major redesigns of the bodies of these cars. Um, to me, when Model 3 came out as the most aerodynamically efficient EPA-rated electric vehicle, period, ever designed, to me, how do you improve that? I don't know if you can. The engineering behind this obviously got to the point where that's the design they end up with. So um, 
I, I think the the major improvements should be on performance so that these cars have massive distinguishes between one to the next. Where Model Y is far and away completely different than X, you can't compare them really fairly. An S and a 3, while they're both sedans, drastically different cars, right? Um, to me, that's where it's going to be is about what the features are more than, well, they're, yeah, they're both five-passenger cars. Now what? The S has to, I mean, I don't think the redesign is going to be more of the body. I think it's more about the performance, the the wiring, uh, the technology in the cars. The and only the interior is a given. Yeah, the interior is a given on the S yeah. and the X. And when I say S and the X, I'm talking because they're largely in a lot of ways a lot of the shared platform. The, mm-hmm. the only caveat to that comment, Eric, is that, um, yeah. you know, if you recall... Um, Ryan McCaffrey had uh, Franz von Holzhausen uh, uh, interviewed on his podcast, and they got talking about this Plaid powertrain Model S that's going around the Nurburgring track. And if I recall, uh, he said that that was a, a more of a platform for the Plaid. So I'm kind of taking that reading between the lines to say that there's a little bit more involved with the Model S redesign than just an interior and maybe some different body panels. They could be taking this as an opportunity to make a little bit more radical changes to that car. Um, Maybe. So we'll see. But I'm just, I just want that on the record because if it does happen. As we've we've often seen when they do prototype vehicles on their displays, we've seen this with the Model 3, we've seen with the Model 1. What ends up being the final production car is almost never what they show when they debut a car in their showrooms. It's, it's, there's some changes between prototype to production. Something changes. Some are majors, some are minor. So, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Tesla owners uh, San Joaquin Valley asks us, do you think the factory shutdown will allot time for better products to come? Perhaps they've had time to get things right with Roadster 2. I hope so. Um, I would certainly hope so. Now, as far as Roadster 2 is concerned, I mean, based on production timeline with that thing, I mean, we're talking 2021 at this point for this car now. kind of coincides with doing the Cybertruck. We know that Tesla is actively looking for another location to build a super, um, another Gigafactory. I think both of those cars will be in that factory. That's just my personal opinion. They have no room in Fremont. Roadster 2 is kind of like lower on the totem pole, so to speak, because it's, it's not going to be a high-volume car because of the price. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, they I always think, take it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if they do, if they can allot more resources to advancing Cybertruck and Roadster 2. That's one possibility. But I have a funny feeling that um, the people in the design department and so on are all working remotely and they're probably going at it at probably at the same pace they would have. I mean, you have to think of, well, what do they, what do they get when the shutdown happens? You get a lot more people that would be available on the floor, maybe people that, to Eric's point earlier, that would be maintaining the production line machinery can go in there and tweak a few things. Maybe the QC people can go in and it's like, oh, here's here's our chance to align, you know, some of the jigs, whatever, and and get things a little bit fine-tuned. I'm thinking Model Y specifically, because out Mm -hmm. of the gate, it was way better than the three. I mean, you know, if you watch the Monroe videos, Mm -hmm. Sandy was over the moon at how much better the panels fit and so on. But I'm just thinking some of the little things, like like that little jacket for the compressor or whatever, they might be able to to leapfrog that stuff and get it onto cars earlier. Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll do some of those things. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question comes from Jim. He says, uh, what are some of the ways Tesla will leverage the cameras on the cars over the next five years? Well, autopilot being one, they're going to keep working on that. 
You know what? I think a lot of people have been asking for 360-degree view. You know, there's a lot of cars when you put them in reverse or whatever, and you've got that sort of bird's-eye top-down view. Mm. Uh, listen, we have enough car- cameras in the cars to be able to do that. I, I still believe that they will probably do something uh, like some kind of facsimile of, of that. I mean, we have a, somewhat of that on the Model 3 as it is right now in the autopilot display. You can spin it around with your fingers. So we're almost there. It's just like, well, at what point, you know, I mean, where does it sit on the whiteboard? Like, you know, is it that important to have at this point? I don't know. It is kind of weird that it doesn't have it already because it's now common in so many cars. It seems like a. Well, like I said, we almost have it now because you can just move mm-hmm. around the autopilot display in your screen. So it's like, okay, maybe, the, maybe they're looking more of the photographic evidence, right? Because most of those cars show you like the actual pictures and they're stitching it together in mm-hmm. such a way. Yeah, it's a different system, but I don't think it's over the moon difficult compared to yeah. what the car can do in other functions, you know? Yeah. But as we've mentioned earlier, I think leveraging of the cameras would be, you know, eliminating the mirrors. That would be one of them. You know, it's a pretty obvious one. Hmm, I'm wondering if the left and right repeater are good enough to actually serve that function. I never actually thought about that. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, that's the view that you're seeing usually at your rearview mirrors, right? Not, not without sprayers. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Right. I was, I was, was going to say, there. if there's the only thing, when I, and I'm sort of going back to this before about removing those side mirrors, is oftentimes in really inclement weather. And for Floridians like me, we tend to deal with really bad rain conditions a lot. So there are times in a hard rain, the cameras are obstructed. Yeah. Um, and autopilot, you can't, like, you just you can't do anything. The car basically just the basic battery car, no down. autopilot features whatsoever, right? So um, if you're going to go to a camera-based system and you're removing any backup feature uh, in the case of like the side mirrors, that to me is a very dangerous thing. Uh, I don't see that happening for probably at least a decade, if not longer, because um, you, you just ha- what's the fail-safe system? Should the cameras not be able to have a clear view, even if it's one camera on a 360, all of a sudden that system fails. Now what? Where's your fail safe? Until there's a way to figure out what that is, which there's been ideas brought up by our listeners. We've certainly conjured up some ideas of our own. Um, Whatever the ideas are, I think a sprayer is going to help if you have, like, say, ice on your camera or snow on your camera, but it's not going to help if you have water on it. So, you know, those those sort of things have to be figured out by engineers before we even consider, like, taking away other things that we've come to know about cars for decades. Well, that's an interesting question, because obviously Audi's made it work in, in Europe um, to be able to remove the side mirrors. I'd be curious to see what what are they doing with those mirror cameras, you know, to make sure that they're 100 percent reliable in any type of conditions. I've never really looked closely at them, but that's that's something now you've, you've piqued my curiosity on this. I'm, I'm going to go and look mm-hmm. and see what their solutions are. Your comments actually just jogged my memory uh, from something that Sandy said in his last video, because he pointed out uh, the... Uh, B-pillar cameras on the Model Y. Um, he hasn't confirmed it yet. He probably won't know until he tears it apart, but he did mention that there's a possibility they might have closed the aperture on those cameras a little bit smaller uh, hmm. to prevent some of the error messages we've been getting, you know, when it says the you know camera blind spot has, or, um, has been blinded by the sun or whatever. That's a common occurrence now. Hmm. So that's something I'm interested to see if they've actually done that change on the, on the Model Y. And if they did, you can expect that that will happen to the rest of the cars too. So, mm. right. All right. Next question comes from Phil. Any early reviews available for the Model Y and its heat pump performance in very cold climates? Example, example, Canada. Well, there are no Model Ys in Canada at this point uh, that people own. I mean, they have been testing them in the winter months. We've been watching that. Um, I don't know. 
remains to be seen. Um, we will know for sure once the car actually goes through its first owner's winters, so to speak. So that'll be another, you know, several months before we actually see that. Um, I did do a video where I discovered through a patent um, that Tesla is doing something a little different with the heat pump to make it a little bit more efficient because heat pumps lose some efficiency if it gets really cold outside because, you know, it has there's not enough heat in the air to be able to do the exchange. So what they're doing is they're actually running the compressor motor in the air conditioner and the blower motor in the HVAC system in an inefficient manner, just like they do for the motors on the car to generate a little extra heat to help with the supercharging. They're doing the same thing to help the heat pump. So that's a patent. That's what I've, uh, that's what I found. So anyways, we really won't know until we get through the first winter to see exactly what happens with that. All right. Next question comes from Don. He says, uh, can the newer model three and the Y get a performance boost? Well, Model Y is still out right now because even though on the uh, performance Model Y, is, we don't even have track mode on that car. No, but I think we're talking about the performance increase. Yep. Um, have we seen what the rated power... I've never even occurred to me to go and look at what the power rating is for the performance Model Y to see if it's listed at the same horsepower and, and torque values as the performance Model 3. That's a good question. What? No, yeah, that's a good question go for uh, that out because I would think out of the gate it, it's producing, you know, whatever the the current level of because we've had two boosts on the performance model three, right? Five uh, percent and five percent across the board. You know who will know that as soon as possible? As soon as our friend Sasha gets his performance uh, model, why he's going to throw it on the dyno? Kyle, if you're watching, yes. get a dyno and take Brian's model Y and throw it yes. on a dyno. Let's know. Uh, Let us know what you find. But uh, anyways, yeah, Sasha will know as soon as possible. I uh, don't know when Model Ys are coming. I mean, on the Tesla website, she'll still shows mid-2020 uh, for deliveries in Canada. So, All right, next question comes from Curtis. With the recent global economic slowdown any, and changes in life priorities, do you think there will be any chances in Tesla changes in Tesla's pricing on their models? Could they do incentives uh, to also stimulate sales and demand? I don't, I don't see Tesla. I don't see Tesla having any problem with demand at this point. Um, they can't make enough cars to satisfy demand at this point. So anything and, can change. And right now the demand is there, but they got to wait. They can't. They can't even. They can't do anything, car. right? I mean, yeah. Lots of people are still waiting for their cars, and they're not delivering anything. I mean, they're delivering dribs and drabs, whatever they have in inventory, but they're not producing cars right now. So mm -hmm. can't answer that one a hundred percent definitively yet. But all we know is that they still don't suffer from a demand problem. I mean, when I you do, when you start them doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is when, when manufacturers do incentives, um, you know, like GM is very famous for stuffing the trunk full of money to move cars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't see Tesla doing that. I mean, they do it at the end of a quarter. Traditionally, they've done it at the end of the quarter. They seem to have mm, kind of slowed down a little bit on that practice. Uh, inventory cars, especially the higher end ones, S and, and X, um, they tend to throw a little bit of extra incentives for cars that have been in inventory or, or used for demos to clear out the inventory. They tend to do that, but it's at the end of a quarter. Uh, no evidence of them doing that on the 3, and uh, I don't expect any changes on the Model Y as far as that's concerned. There's no just there's too much well, demand for that car. Don't forget on the financial side, too. They're, they're burning through I don't know how many millions of dollars of cash a day. I think when they crank the lines back up, they're going to want to make top dollar on every one of these cars to recoup their losses while they were shut down, right? So that would be another strike against the idea they're going to discount the cars. I maybe well, if, if if the economy gets much much worse than any of the predictions, maybe they're going to have to think of something, doing something like that. But I don't think in the short term that would be a possibility. I mean, um, what they they've they was going to say they furloughed employees, they've laid off employees. Uh, so it's not like payroll is a major problem for them. Uh, 
but yeah, it just, it, it's, it's almost like, why did they sell the most expensive car first? You want to make as much money and you can on the front end, not in the back. End. So it doesn't make sense to them to lower the value of their cars or to offer. I mean, the only incentive, if any, they've already done is like for a model S you can get free supercharging. But you know, other than yeah. that, they're not, they're not going to lower the price of the cars by five grand. That's well, what they could do with the Model Y once things spool back up, if they do see a decrease in demand, well, they just start making the standard range one a little sooner than... Yeah, than that's normal, another... Right? I, I, don't, I don't see the demand dropping at all. There's tons no. of folks who are waiting. I mean, again, we, we, when we, when we sort of were thinking about this at the beginning of the year, we didn't see a pandemic happening. <laughs> um, yeah. And, I, and I'm not laughing. Obviously, I'm just saying in terms of the the the, of the unfortunate circumstances. But uh, we sort of thought that Model Y would outpace in sales the Model Three at the same time frame from its first year to the Model Y this year. That obviously may delayed change. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it may it may change for a bit. Um, but I still see Model Y's numbers by the time Q4 rolls around. You know, production's ramped up again in the coming months. Yeah, we might we might see massive delivery numbers uh, the second half of the year. Uh, just mostly Model Y is being delivered because I, yeah. I don't I don't see that changing. Huge pent up demand for that car, so yep. yeah, too much. All right, yeah. Uh, last question of the evening comes from Kevin. He says, "Any chance uh, for a longer range two motor dual motor Cybertruck?" He says, "I don't need the extra power of a three motor. Would love to have the range. I use my truck for hauling cattle and horses, so range is important." I I agree with you. Anything can change. Right now, remember, you know, you're putting a hundred bucks down on a Cybertruck. The thing's not in production yet. They did change their production timelines. Originally, they were going to make the tri-motor one later and do the standard range one first. And they flipped that around because the demand was off the charts for the tri-motor and the all-wheel drive. Um, again, we've talked about this before. There are some extra things involved with the Cybertruck. I think this is tied in with battery day. You can't get a car for $40,000 that equipped uh, without having some kind of cost and, and technology breakthrough on on the battery packs, I think there's a lot of lot, there's a lot more here involved. Um, so we'll, I mean, once battery day comes out, you can kind of read between the lines. This is what's going in the Cybertruck, right? So there's more stuff coming. Someone else had also told me too. There's a lot more to the Cybertruck that's been in, that's been talked about publicly. There's there's a lot more technology coming in that car. So there's some big changes going on there. Now, as far as your range is concerned, well, I understand your situation. Who knows with Tesla? Uh, you know, cars don't stand still. They've increased the battery size on the Model S over. You know, the last eight years have been making the car. So anything is possible. And we're, we're about to see a, a larger battery for the S and the X come um, sometime this year. So who knows? I mean, if they have enough demand, but m maybe not initially. I mean, maybe a couple years down the road, they change the battery sizes. I mean, there's been rumors floating around that the Model 3 is going to get a slightly bigger battery pack. Um, probably will happen in China before it happens here, mainly because of the changes in the types of batteries they're using. But uh, I think it's a good question, but I think it's still too soon. The car's not even in production yet. So mm -hmm. if you need the range right now, you don't have much of a choice, Kevin. you got to get the tri-motor plaid one. Elon does say that that's what he's going to be trying. That's, what's, what, uh, that's, that's what Elon's going to be driving is the, is the plaid. When he says plaid, he's not talking about a wrap. He's talking about the, the drivetrain <laughs> of the car. <laughs> right. So that brings us uh, to the last question of the evening. So um, at this point, I guess we can probably sign off. But before we do that, Eric... Um, Eric has got a new project that he's been working on and how many episodes you got? Well, I'll let Eric talk about what he's working on. All right. So, uh, we have a new podcast that I started up called, uh, call me curious. And, uh, it is a podcast that's very unique. I think nowadays for podcasts, it's 10 minutes or less. 
I know it's, awesome. it's crazy, right? Ten minutes. Um, uh, coming up, uh, we have uh, tomorrow uh, recording the show on Thursday, April 9th. So on Friday's show, on Good Friday's show, that'll be the sixth show of the podcast. Uh, topics include Alexander the Great, Cleopatra, uh, Oprah Winfrey, Al Gore, um, Uranus, not Uranus, Uranus, <laughs> um, bikinis, Bluetooth, and contact lenses. You had me at bikinis. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I could tell you about that. This is a cool fact about the show, but two things also that were okay. also being covered. The first of which, Cadbury cream eggs. Can you guys guess how many Cadbury cream eggs are made every year? Billions and billions. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not that many. Um, they make over 300 million Cadbury cream eggs Ooh. every year. Okay, that's I That's love a lot those of things. Cream, a lot of cream eggs. All in moderation, though. To, and and I open the show with this crazy idea. Uh, you guys have might have heard of this actor. Uh, he's in commercials now. He's been on Taxi. He's done a lot of other stuff. He was in Matilda. Uh, his name is Danny DeVito. Have you ever mm. heard of him? Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan Danny DeVito, believe it or not, is a qualified hairdresser. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't so, go look it at him. <laughs> that's the kind nope. of stuff you get in Call Me Curious. So Call Me Curious is now available on anchor.fm forward slash CMC pod. Uh, you can also listen to it on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. It's on um, uh, Bleacher, Bleacher and there's just all kinds. Of, or, I'm sorry, Breaker. It's on Breaker. Uh, a lot of different uh, supporting uh, outlets. It's hopefully coming soon. Fingers crossed. Apple takes a while for Apple Podcasts, mm -hmm. um, but it's a really it's a really cool show. Very educational. Very informative. Um, if you guys have listened to our podcast enough, you know my wit. You know my humor. Uh, sometimes it's dry like champagne. Sometimes it's very juicy like apple juice. But please listen to the show. I really could use the support. Uh, again, I know there's a lot to keep us busy, uh, but this is again it's it's meant to be informative. It's meant to be fun. Uh, there's no sponsors. It's a free show. I'm just trying to educate everybody. Uh, and hopefully your, your kids can listen to it. There's no cursing. It's a clean show. So yeah. just, if you know me, it's a clean, it's a clean show. Um, and I'm really hoping to have this take off. So I love the feedback, uh, ask questions, tweet at the show. You can tweet at me. Uh, you can find me at uh, twitter.com forward slash EC fix EC F I X, uh, and just ask questions, ask for links, whatever you want give feedback, uh, and yeah, it's it's really just a really fun show. We've done, again, this will be our sixth show launching on Friday. Uh, go back and listen to them. You can listen to technically all first six episodes in less than one hour, which you listen to this one show, you might have to dedicate an hour and a half. Yeah. So. Well, I can certainly vouch for it because you had me hooked on the first episode. It's so good. Thank I mean, you. the production quality is off the chart. I mean, right off the bat, and it's entertaining. It's funny. Uh, you learn something new, and it uh, it hits that nerve that I have for trivia, and I know you share the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I can it's totally vouch for it. Please. It, 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 probably three to four hours to do one show, and it's oh, a yeah, minute yeah. show. Now so, you know. It, well, it's, you it's know a as a creator how much work goes behind the scenes to get something oh, out. Oh, yeah. It's like, I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I was listening to it, and I was just thinking, I mean, the production quality is so high. I'm like, he must be spending hours and hours for every episode. So I know what you're going through. So congratulations. Mostly, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. It's mostly trying to find the content to put in there. Um, to me, it's always things that just that I find completely interesting. Uh, for example, uh, I mentioned Oprah Winfrey. Did you know that she uh, has a phobia about balloons? Yes. What's the balloon? What's the phobia called? It's globophobia. Globophobia. Thank you. I, yeah, I listened now, to it today reason, and I was like... The, re the reason that happened is because... 
because she is someone who um, <laughs> had a surprise birthday party and there were balloons there. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That's okay. all it takes. Um, the other cool thing about today's show, uh, if, if you listen to today's episode, it's kind of fun. There was, uh, there's a really, really long word uh, that describes the fear of words. Yes. Now, I, 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 it's I unpronounceable. It times. <laughs> it's really good. It's hippopotamonstrosis capetaleophobia. Oh, my God. All right. That's the name. Whoa. That's the show title. That's the show title. Okay. That word alone is enough to give me fear of words. It's hip, hippopotamonstrosis capetaleophobia. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it's the fear of long words. Good all right. Lord. That's the show title right there, boys. Yep. <laughs> all okay. right. Well, I highly encourage all of you, please go subscribe to his podcast. You, you'll love it. Trust me. It's, it's fantastic. My yes. plan tomorrow, because I'm off, tomorrow is Good Good Friday, so I'm off. thank God, my first day off in forever, and I'm going to mainline all six episodes. I can't wait. Perfect. I appreciate awesome. that. Yeah, again, you can find all the links to all the different outlets where you can hear the show at anchor.fm forward slash cmcpod. Check it out. All right, Ian, it's your turn. What do you want to plug? Uh, well, uh, on Twitter, you can find me, uh, at Ian Pavelko and, um, anything you want to know in particular about wheels and tires for any kind of car, not just Tesla's, whatever, I'd be glad to help or any other goofy question that you can think of that I might possibly have an answer to no promises. Um, direct messages are always open, uh, at Tesla owners online, the handle is mad Hungarian. So uh, again, anything that I, I can help with there, always glad to do that. And, uh, finally, if you're looking in something, um, to uh, change your wardrobe, uh, Tesla themed, you can always uh, look up my little shop on teespring, T E E spring.com and just do uh, mad Hungarian evolve wear in their search tool. And you will find the line of evolve wear shirts. And, uh, of course, a portion of those goes to such great enterprises as, um, the, uh, Plug in America organization in the US, Electromobility Canada, and its associated uh, clubs all across Canada. And here, my homies, LAVEC, L'Association des Véhicules Électriques de Québec. Very good. Link will be in the uh, video or the podcast description if you want to check out his stuff. I guess that leaves me. We can follow me on Twitter. The handle's Tesla Owners Online. Don't forget to check out the forum at teslaownersonline.com. That's the best place to discuss all things Tesla because we have a search function that actually works. And um, I want to say thanks, everybody, for joining. I know that, uh, you know, the podcasts tend to be an hour of your time, and we appreciate you giving, you know, an hour of your time uh, every, well, semi-every-weekly, anyways, to listen to us ramble on about all things Tesla. I want to say thanks to everybody who submitted questions. We really appreciate it. Please keep sending in the questions. And, uh, yeah, so stay safe, people. Uh, don't forget your uh, social distancing, and um, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bonsoir tout le monde. Adios.